Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Pliny. Now, if you're new here, I'm an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist, which means that I take care of patients who have high-risk pregnancies. Now, some reasons a person might be considered high-risk is because of some very common findings, some of which you can't control, like your age, you can't control that. Some are high-risk because they have comorbidities or medical problems like high blood pressure or diabetes, or even a past diagnosis of cancer. And some people are high risk because of a condition with their baby. These high risk conditions also make women at higher risk for having miscarriages or pregnancy losses. And even if you have no conditions, if you've had a past history of a pregnancy loss, that makes you high risk with your next pregnancy. So just off of the fact that I am an MFM specialist, I have seen a lot of women who have experienced pregnancy losses. And if you experience a pregnancy loss, know that you are not alone. Tens of thousands of families lose pregnancies or infant babies every year. In fact, one in four women lose a baby during the pregnancy, delivery, or shortly after delivery during infancy or within that first first year, one year following delivery. As an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist, I can tell you that when we have patients that lose their babies, we cry with you and we cry for you, especially when we have no idea why the loss happens. Data shows that one in 10 obstetricians are so devastated by a stillbirth that they contemplate a career change. Of course, the only thing that hurts worse than a patient losing a baby is losing one of your own. We as physicians are not immune. We are also women. And so we feel that hurt as well. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I too had a pregnancy loss. I, like many of you who have had miscarriages, I was in disbelief when it happened to me. I went from being extremely excited to get my first pregnancy test that was positive Secretly being pregnant and not consuming alcohol during my 35th birthday celebration to not being pregnant a month later. And being a high risk OBGYN, I knew that one in three women in my age group would have miscarriages, but I never thought that it would happen to me until it happened trying to do all the right things, eating all the right things, avoiding alcohol and caffeine before my planned, yes, planned pregnancy 
and still ending up having a miscarriage. I had to really check myself. I had to check on myself too. I had to remind myself that like you guys, and like I remind my patients that it was not my fault. And if you've had a loss, know that it's not your fault either. But it always takes us a second for that to set in, for the self-blame to leave. So I tell my story so that you can understand that it's okay to express yourself and it's okay to be confused. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to still hurt. Even after years and years and years, it's okay. You can feel sad about your situation, um, but it's also okay to be vulnerable and to talk about your situations and your feelings as well. Now, pregnancy loss can be caused by a number of situations, which I'll briefly go through, but I really don't want to focus the episode about that. I really want to talk about how we can cope together as women um, with our losses. But I know that several people have asked me, especially with this being Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, you know, what are some of the causes of people losing pregnancies? So let me start by saying half the time we have no idea why. 50% of the time, we cannot find an actual reason why somebody lost a pregnancy. And that's whether it's in the first trimester, second or third, half the time, there's no reason, right? But when you look at the other 50% of the time, sometimes it can be caused by medical conditions, particularly when it's uncontrolled, uh, with the most common being things like diabetes and hypertension or high blood pressure. But people with autoimmune disorders also have an increased risk of, of, of losing pregnancies as well. And then also, if you um, have exposure to certain medications, you also have an increased risk. People that have blood antibodies like anti-KEL or anti-E, those uh, those people have an increased risk of those antibodies attacking the baby's red blood cells. And that can cause anemia and that can cause baby to pass away from that. If you have clotting or blood, uh, blood problems like antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, which I have a whole episode on that. Y'all, that's a good episode. Go back and listen to that, especially if you suffer loss, because you definitely need to be be uh, screened for that if you have. Those are antibodies. There's three, antiglycolipin, uh, beta-2-glycoprotein, and lupus anticoagulant. If you have two or three of those, two out of three that are positive, twice, 12 weeks apart, and you've had a loss, well, you have antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. Those are those are antibodies that cause like microvascular clotting of capillaries as they, as the bed of the uh, the placenta invades and invades the wall of the uterus, and so if you clot off the blood supply, well then obviously you can have a loss. Viruses or infections like COVID nineteen. If you're not getting oxygen, your baby's not either. People can have chromosome abnormalities. Um, if you have a chromosome abnormality or an abnormal screen, you're more likely to have a miscarriage than if you had a, a genetically normal baby. Of course, you have car accidents and trauma that can cause you to lose a pregnancy just because you may cause a placental abruption or the placenta separating from the inside wall of the uterus. Of course, there are certain medications that are toxic to babies, so you always want to make sure that the medications you're taking, particularly at the beginning of pregnancy, are pregnancy safe. You can have structural issues like fibroids or uterine abnormalities, like the shape of your uterus is weird. So the placenta may not get good blood flow if it's implanted on top of a fibroid or if you have a like a septum, which is like a avascular band of tissue in the uterus. 
then the placenta is not going to get good blood flow across that. Now, for infant loss, some of the reasons include congenital birth defects like heart defects, whether they're diagnosed or undiagnosed at the time of delivery, poor nutrition, issues with, you know, energy and metabolism, of course, infection, trauma, and then sudden infant death syndrome can happen. Um, But again, a lot of the time it's idiopathic, meaning we have no idea, we cannot find a reason, and that's in up to 50% of pregnancies. Now, if you're like me and you've experienced a loss, regardless of the reason, because the reason doesn't really make it easier to accept, right? It just allows us to plan for the next pregnancy a little bit better. If you're like me, you are devastated and probably still a little emotional about the vivid memories of your loss. So here's my advice to how to cope with the loss. And it's taken me a while to even pivot to like, not just staying with the facts, but just to give you my opinion with the loss, because I think that any woman that's had a loss is still dealing with that loss. Like it's, it's very hard to say, quote unquote, get over the loss. And nobody really expects you to fully ever be over the loss, but you can cope with it, right? And you can move on and you can, you know, be there for your, your kids you have right now or your future, future kids. And so here's my advice for coping with it. First bit of advice I give you is give yourself some time to let reality sink in. So if you've just found out you lost a pregnancy, you went in the hospital or you were in the clinic and you have a baby that doesn't have a heartbeat, if you're not bleeding and you don't have a fever, you do not have to rush to go get a DNC or to be induced. You can take a few days. You can take a week even, two weeks. Talk about the things that you're experiencing, the emotions you're experiencing with your significant other. If you have other kids, make sure the kids are coping and the rest of your family because everybody is grieving. Everybody that knew about that pregnancy is grieving with you. They may not be grieving like you're grieving because everybody grieves a little bit differently, but they are grieving. So they need to process it as well. And so they may have questions for you or for your provider. Allow them the time to ask those questions as well. And so that's why I say you do not have to rush to go get a DNC or a uterine evacuation of any sort. You don't have to do that, okay? You can take your time. And I would encourage you to take your time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The second, take time off work. So even if you're a small business owner, take a few weeks off or lighten your load. It's natural to, to grieve the idea of a baby. Okay, even if you like, I had a positive pregnancy test and now my test is negative and I don't know what happened. That's still a pregnancy loss. And so I would allow yourself to grieve. Take at least two weeks off work. And for some, depending on how far along you are, you may want to take the whole six to 12 weeks off. Everybody's a little bit different with how they cope. But take a couple weeks off work. Okay, you don't want to be there at work distracted. You need to allow yourself time for your body to heal. And for you to emotionally be okay with going back to work. Third point of advice, let your boss or your coworkers know. Now, this really depends on what you do. 
Um, like if you're working from home, you may not want to let them know. You may want to just take your your leave. But if you're going to take extended leave, if you have maternity leave that's covered, you obviously have to tell them that you've had a baby. But if you don't, you have sick leave and you're just having a medical excuse written. You may, you know, not want to involve them in that. But I really do encourage you to tell at least your direct supervisor what's going on. People will allow more grace than you think. Okay. Most people, like I say, one in four people have miscarriages. So people will likely be more empathetic than you think. There'll be people that you didn't even know they have a miscarriage that will confide in you and say, I'm really sorry for your loss. I had a miscarriage too. You're not alone. Allow people to become your support system in that. But letting family, you know, letting your work family know is is going to be crucial for them understanding what you're going through and allowing you to take more time off or, you know, doing some type of hybrid work, something that looks different than it did before so that you can allow yourself some time to cope. Plus, by allowing, you know, your supervisor to know at least, they can then disseminate that information discreetly so that people won't ask you, how's the baby? How's the pregnancy? Because it takes a lot to go back into charted territory, i.e. work, and people asking you about the baby you just lost. And so that's why I say give yourself time to heal. Allow yourself to take the, the break and, and let the supervisors and your close coworkers know so that they won't ask you those questions about that. Okay. Next, take some time with your significant other. Of course, take some time yourself, allow your body to heal. But really, you guys need to heal also. You have both lost a baby. And that grief, that healing is going to look different for you guys. He may not even, it may not even dawn on him that he's lost a child until later, much later. For me, I mean, I was like a zombie. I was like so zoned out. I didn't even deal with my own grief until way later, months later. And I realized, oh my God, I had a miscarriage. It was like, I was like, okay, well, I don't see a heartbeat. I, of course, diagnosed myself. I called my OBGYN and said, hey girl, I, I don't see a heartbeat. She said, are you sure? I'm like, I'm positive. So they scheduled me a DNE, a DNC. And I worked the whole week. I diagnosed my own miscarriage on a Tuesday and I worked the whole week and then had a DNC scheduled at 4.30 right after my clinic on a Friday. But it didn't dawn on me that I was just, you know, keeping busy not to think about it until months and months later that it, and, and, and of course you break down, right? Cause you, you realize like you didn't even give yourself some time to, to cope. You're just distracting yourself. But I will say that you and your spouse check on each other, spend some time with each other because one of you guys may be a long-term, long-time processor like I am, whereas the other is like quicker to grieve and want to move forward. I encourage people to journey, journal their journey. Um, it, it may be hard to live right now, but one day you'll go back and you'll, you'll think about and remember how you were during that pregnancy. Um, if you've lost a baby that's big enough for you to get like handprints and things like that, save all those things, cherish those things. But realistically, you want to cherish the memory, like especially like how you feel when you have that, that positive pregnancy test. So I would say 
you know, remember the child you lost, talk about the child you lost and, you know, journal your journey. And if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, please get some help, get some counseling. And I would argue that anybody that's had a loss, even if you feel like you have the support you need and you're coping well, I would still encourage you to go get some counseling. Okay. I think everybody needs a therapist. So especially if you're you're healing from that, I would definitely say go ahead and, and get some counseling now. Okay, so now that you know a little bit more about coping with pregnancy and infant loss, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 19-year-old who is four weeks postpartum from her first pregnancy. She suffered a pregnancy loss at 12 weeks and is now having issues with sleep. Her husband reached out because she's irritable. He often hears her talking to herself. He's concerned that she is taking the loss of the baby very hard and doesn't know what to do. Her OBGYN solicited your opinion about the situation. First off, I'm really sorry for this, the loss of, you know, this patient and her husband and their baby. I, I'm sorry if they have to suffer through this, but I'm, I'm, I want to really applaud the husband for being observant of his wife and saying something's not right here, right? Because the people that you live with, they're going to know you have postpartum depression and mood disorder before you will admit it, right? And so he is very, you know, observant of his wife. And I think that that is commendable. Whenever we lose a pregnancy, we know that that situation does put people at higher risk for having psychological disorders, okay? Especially if somebody has a history of a psychiatric or mood disorder, we know that they are at heightened risk for having postpartum depression and postpartum blues. Remember, the postpartum blues happens in the first two weeks. Mild depression-like symptoms the first two weeks. You had that, and then six weeks later, then it's depression, right? Decreased mood, feelings of hopelessness, um, people sleeping too much, or irritability, sleeplessness. Those are all signs of postpartum depression. But when you throw in there, she's talking to herself. How? Is she talking to herself? Like just saying stuff out loud, you know, God, why'd you do this to me? Oh my God, I'm so angry. Or is she talking back and forth and having a conversation? Okay. Because that to me sounds like maybe she's having auditory hallucinations and she's talking to somebody because she hears voices and the voices are telling her something. Like those are things that she needs to seek immediate help for. And most people that are having hallucinations, they don't really know for sure that they're hallucinating. They're just hearing voices, right? For them, it feels sort of kind of normal. But if you're hearing voices other people don't hear and seeing things, as she's seeing, acting like if she's seeing things that you don't see or feeling things that you don't see around touching her, then those are hallucinations. Those are auditory, visual, and tactile, meaning touch, hallucination. Anyone that has hallucinations needs psychological attention. And so I would say that this is postpartum psychosis until I've ruled it out otherwise, because she's seeing and hearing voices. Um, and so I would recommend, of course, reaching out to her OBGYN. If she's amenable to go into the ER to get help, take her to the ER to get help. And that way they can urgently treat her and see if she needs to be, you know, admitted to the hospital for some help and for some medications until she's stable and she can be discharged. But regardless, contact the OBGYN, 
ask if she's amenable to getting help, if she'll get help and she's not acting as if she's going to hurt herself or harm herself, then you can schedule an appointment with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Call the next day. But if she's like acting as if she's a danger to herself or she's talked about ending her life or 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 anything that makes you feel like this is going to be a little bit more serious than just a depressed mood, then I would take her to the to urgent care so that she can be emergently seen. So the case pro for this case is postpartum psychosis should be suspected in those who have experienced pregnancy loss and have hearing, visual, or tactile, meaning feeling, hallucinations that others aren't having, right? You see things that she sees things you don't see, hears voices that you don't hear. Those are hallucinations until proving otherwise. All right, medical intern, do we have any more uh, cases or questions? Yes, this is an email question and it says, Dr. Plenty, my husband and I suffered a pregnancy loss about five weeks ago. I feel ready to discuss trying again. The issue is my husband still seems very reluctant to discuss pregnancy again. Every time I bring it up, he avoids the conversation. After the loss of our son and 26 weeks of pregnancy, my husband really broke down. I was hurt as well, but I've never seen my husband that visibly emotional. How can I help my husband deal with the loss of our last child so that we can heal and be ready for another pregnancy? Everybody heals differently and at their own pace, and I wouldn't push that. I would, as a concerned wife, say, hey, can we go to counseling together? Most men, they even if they won't go to counseling on their own, they're usually open to going to counseling together, especially with this traumatic event, right? 26 weeks, that's a baby. Like that is a baby that is viable, meaning that baby can survive without mom, depending on how big the baby was and things like that. And so when you have a loss, deep in the pregnancy like that, it is traumatic because in your mind, you're thinking you're coming home with the baby. And in your mind, you're thinking I'm past the halfway point and things are going to be great. But there is a small chance of losing a pregnancy after that 20th week. But when it happens to you, you don't think it's going to happen. And so it is devastating, especially, you know, with men and sons, you know, who knows what he was thinking. He's probably already had literally, you know, outfits in his brain. And so I would say, give him grace and give yourself grace. But the only thing you can do, because you can't snap your fingers and heal somebody from coping, from issues with coping, right? Men can have postpartum depression as well. And so he may be going through that. And so I would encourage you to do the same thing for him that he would do for you. And that is seek out help. Check on him. Ask how he's feeling regularly. Engage in discussion. And, and since he's reluctant to talk about the pregnancy loss, talk about anything else, right? Just you, keep the conversation going about anything, right? So that you guys grow your bond closer. But I would definitely encourage you to ask him if he would go to counseling with you so that you guys can cope. And whenever both of you are ready, that's when you need to be ready to have another child. Five weeks is a very short time frame, especially after losing a 26-week baby. Everybody is different with the speed at which they can move on. But I would encourage you, you and your husband, get on the same page. Allow him time and grace to cope and allow yourself time to cope so that 
both of you guys will be healthy enough to mentally move forward with the pregnancy. So my advice would be to seek counseling and seek it not just once, not just twice, set up regular counseling appointments until you guys can have an open dialogue about the loss and what you're going to do the next pregnancy. All right, medical intern, any more cases or questions? Yes, we have one more and it says, Dr. Plenty, I just had a miscarriage about two weeks ago. I was only six weeks pregnant when I was diagnosed. How long should I wait before trying to conceive again? Well, you know, that's completely up to you. Usually I tell people whenever, you know, after a pregnancy loss, usually you're a little bit more fertile, right? But obviously you have to have a normal cycle. So after you are done with your like postpartum bleeding, which can last anywhere from two weeks to six weeks. After that, once you have a normal cycle, if you're ready, then you can start trying to become pregnant after that normal cycle. So for me, it's just when you're emotionally ready and when you you have a normal monthly cycle, then you are ready to conceive again. So you and your husband talk about it. If you've had a pregnancy loss, I would definitely recommend a preconception consultation with either your OBGYN or a high-risk pregnancy expert like myself that can go through all your history, make sure that this is an incidental loss and not a loss because of something that was going on, right? Like uncontrolled high blood pressure or medications you weren't supposed to be on in pregnancy. So just going through all your history and your medications to make sure that you are safe and as healthy as you possibly can be for the next pregnancy. Um, But once you do that and you have a normal cycle and you and your husband or your spouse or significant other are on the same page mentally, then that's when you're ready to conceive. So there's really no wait. Usually the timing of the normal cycle tells you when you physically can are ready to get pregnant. But it's the mental that is the thing that prolongs the time before you need to conceive. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email questions or cases? And she's shaking her head no. And so thanks you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about pregnancy and infant loss. And I hope that you have learned a couple of ways to cope with the loss of your little baby that has wings now. And if you um, like the topic or you can relate to the topic, please share with your friends. Um, And so hopefully this can help other people want to talk through their pregnancy and infant losses as well. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. You can also check out my website, which is www.drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables and information. And for goodness sake, please share me with your friends and catch up on our previous season's episodes. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.